Hi everyone, I'm Justin Cole, and I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of Disrupt, a podcast from Cedarville University's Center for Pharmacy Innovation. Today on the podcast, I want to introduce you to the podcast team, including our student innovators here at the center, Matt Miracle and Luke O'Brien. The three of us are going to be passing around some questions, introducing ourselves, and giving you some information about the Center for Pharmacy Innovation. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Hi. And welcome, Luke. Hi. So first, for our interns, um, I would love if each of you could share a little bit about your backgrounds and why you're excited to be working with the Center for Pharmacy Innovation. Luke, let's start with you. Sure. Happy to. So I am Luke O'Brien. I'm going to be a junior in the pre-pharmacy program this fall. I'm really looking forward to it. So Part of the reason I was looking forward so much to working in the Pharmacy Innovation Center is I've always had a great appreciation for technology. That's something I've always been passionate about. Um, Both of my parents work in IT fields, so that's always something I kind of assumed that I would be going into. But as I started to learn more about pharmacy and I learned about um, the pharmacy informatics field and kind of the the field of just trying to leverage new technologies and everything to innovate workflows and all that. It was just something that I found really exciting. So the chance to work in the Center for Innovation was something I'm really excited to do. Great. Thanks, Luke. What about you, Matt? My name is Matt Miracle. I'm a graduate from Cedarville University. I did my undergrad degree here in molecular biology and received an invitation to come back to the university to pursue my doctorate of pharmacy in the pharmacy program. I'm a third-year student pharmacist in the grad program, and uh, I'm interested in um, the Center for Pharmacy Innovation because there's a lot of unique challenges that, of course, we could spend weeks talking about facing the profession of pharmacy, but... I'm excited to see where we can leverage the unique understanding and educational background that pharmacists do get in their studies in order to uh, use that to advocate for both patients and the profession. We have a lot of skills that are sometimes overdeveloped and then underutilized. So we're not able to go and care for patients in the ways that uh, maybe could be more cost effective or maybe um, increasing medication adherence or any sort of or any sort of way that we might be able to uh, help out patients and help them get to a better health outcome for themselves. All right, so Dr. Cole, can you tell us a bit more about your background, how you got here, and maybe some education and work experience you have? Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, I guess going very far back, I grew up in a family of pharmacists. I have five family members who are also pharmacists in various practices. Um, And so having that background drove me to want to be a pharmacist from a very early age. So I pursued my PharmD at Ohio Northern and um, very quickly after graduation pursued a practice in pediatric pharmacy. So I was blessed to be able to work at Nationwide Children's in Columbus, Ohio. And there over the years, I was able to carve out a a niche as a clinical pharmacist caring for children with neurological conditions. Um, I also got to serve on the leadership team there at the um, hospital where I was able to work later on with the Investigational Drug Service and where I learned a lot about um, what it takes to do 
really great drug studies, particularly in children. And I also learned a lot about quality improvement methodology. Both of these experiences really piqued my interest in pharmacy innovation. And it was from there that I accepted an appointment here at Cedarville University School of Pharmacy, where I get to continue to teach pediatrics. I also serve as chair of the Department of Pharmacy Practice and lead the efforts of the Center for Pharmacy Innovation. So for those of our listeners who just haven't heard of the center before, what exactly is pharmacy innovation and what are we trying to do? Does that mean that Cedarville is going to be trying to invent new drugs or something like that? Or what's going on here? Yeah, great question, Luke. So when we hear the words pharmacy innovation, I think our minds are naturally drawn to thinking new drugs and that can be a part of it. But we want innovation in the center to go beyond just novel therapeutic agents. We also want to ask, how can we improve the healthcare system around us, sometimes by simply learning how to do things better? I'm a big hockey fan myself. I'm really excited that the Stanley Cup playoffs are back after a pause to the season. And so I think it's only appropriate to use a quote from Wayne Gretzky that I think captures the essence of innovation for me. And Wayne Gretzky said, a good hockey player plays where the puck is. A great hockey player plays where the puck is going to be. It captures what I think of with the word innovation. We not only want to be reactive, we want to be proactive and forward thinking and looking into how we can improve the health of the patients that we serve. So Dr. Cole, how long has the Center for Innovation been in the making? Uh, Who are some people that you've been working alongside to get this started and up and running? Yeah, so the center was founded in January of 2018, so we're now in our third year of existence. Um, and we are incredibly grateful to have received a generous gift from Dave and Phyllis Grauer that helped to found the center. So we're excited to see how the work of the center continues to expand as we go into our third year. So you mentioned that a generous gift helped get the Innovation Center going, but what was the inspiration behind the center specifically? Yeah. So it's no secret that our healthcare system has many challenges these days. The most obvious, of course, is the coronavirus pandemic that we're all living and literally breathing right now. Um, But there are other challenges that predate this. We can think of rising healthcare costs. The opioid crisis, of which Dayton, Ohio, which is only about 30 minutes from where we sit, has been one of the epicenters. We can look to drug shortages that have been an issue well before the coronavirus, but now have been potentiated by it. Um, We can also point to things like lack of coordination amongst healthcare providers, including pharmacists. So our healthcare system is rife with places where we can improve efficiency, where we can do things better, to put it simply. So that's why the center was created, um, not only to innovate which is a part of what we want to do, but also to equip future pharmacists and practicing pharmacists to address the challenges um, that our healthcare system has before it with wisdom, with skill, and the requisite grit that's required to make change happen. At the end of the day, um, when we consider the center, I think we would be a success if we achieve really two main things. Number one, if we can move the needle to improve patient care. And number two, if we can find ways to advance the role of the pharmacist as a key member in the broader healthcare team, then we can say that the center has been a success. I love what Matt talked about when he said that pharmacists are highly trained, but very often underutilized. We want people to understand what a pharmacist brings to the team 
and how we can collaborate as well to improve patient care. These are the things that really drive all that we do here in the center. So what kind of projects specifically should people expect to hear more about from the center? So I like to think of our mission as being um, supported by three pillars here in the center. The first is we want to identify innovative solutions, new things that we can bring to um, patient care that improve their lives or their health. Secondly, we really want to play a key part in educating the profession, and that includes not only practicing pharmacists, but also future pharmacists and our students and the public on various ways that pharmacists can improve the health of those that they, um, they serve. And this goes well beyond simply filling a prescription. And then thirdly, we want to advocate for the needs of patients, particularly the underserved. So when we think about those three pillars, that helps us to then understand what types of projects we would be focused on. So we have some faculty members here that are working on novel therapeutic solutions, including monoclonal antibodies in their labs. We have had an entrepreneurship certificate program for students who have enrolled here at Cedarville University School of Pharmacy to help them develop key skills to implement and plan new business models within pharmacy. And lastly, we are um, looking at ways to advocate for underserved patients. That includes in behavioral health populations, in pediatrics, in rural health, and in a number of other areas. So I want to turn this back around to our student innovators really quickly. So a question for both of you, and we'll go to Matt first. So for our listeners, Matt, what kind of work have you been involved in as a student innovator in the center so far? Yeah, so currently I'm working on a couple major projects alongside with Luke, as well as some other uh, smaller things and support for the podcast, as well as our uh, disrupt blog that goes hand in hand with the podcast. So one of the bigger projects that we're working on right now is an association with the Ohio Pharmacists Association. They've been given a grant from Ohio Department of, Med- of Medicaid to uh, basically develop from the ground up a payment system as well as a support system for uh, local pharmacies to develop smoking cessation services, kind of to be like a smoking cessation clinic inside of uh, the pharmacy that they have there. Um, Smoking is a huge health crisis affecting the United States, and while there has been a number of great things going on in the past many decades in regards to trying to help patients uh, achieve better health outcomes away from their smoking, um, there's still a big battle left to left to fight in regards to trying to help patients there. Um, so we're working alongside them, developing... Um, Uh, many number of things in regards to uh, basically helping them build that entire support service from the ground up. We also have another project in uh, helping out a device company actually from uh, the Dayton area, and they have developed a compounding system that's Uh, basically like a meat grinder is how I've been describing it to people. Um, It works like a centrifuge and is helpful for some unique options for uh, safe drug compounding so that um, from start to finish, uh, workers are uh, more successfully able to not put themselves in harm's way, as well as at the same time uh, making some of these... um, making some of this compounding go by a lot faster, a lot smoother, uh, 
with a very simple, small device that does not take up a lot of room in a pharmacy. Some of these pharmacies then can have much higher throughput and they can affect that can drastically affect the resources that they're available um, to use in the pharmacy. That's extra technicians that are now hands on somewhere else or maybe a pharmacist as well who can direct uh, their expertise, their resources to other areas that are affecting the pharmacy. That's great. Luke, do you mind sharing a little bit of the work that you've been involved in here in the center? Yeah. So um, a lot of these processes are things that I'm really new to. So there's definitely a big learning curve that I'm that I'm getting around to on all this, which is something that I find super exciting. But I, one thing I've been excited to do is I've been able to leverage some training that I kind of had from high school and um, some jobs I worked in high school. I've had some jobs that have given me a lot of work in kind of social media and content creation, that kind of thing. I've been, I've enjoyed using that for writing um, posts that'll be coming out eventually on the Disrupt blog. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that takes off. Then for the Smoking Cessation Project, I've been able to work on so far designing social media graphics and videos for um, OPA as they're going to be announcing that and advertising it eventually. And then I've also gotten to work with the OPA on a special project relevant to the state of provider status for pharmacists in Ohio, which is kind of based around the idea that pharmacists, like Matt said earlier, are highly trained, grossly underutilized individuals in many circumstances. So this is the idea that Um, the pharmacist's talents extends beyond just dispensing pills, but that they should also be billable for cognitive services. And so this kind of goes hand in hand with smoking cessation, but also many other things that pharmacists want to be able to do and be able to allocate more time to helping people. So I'm working with them on kind of like a documentary series for just helping spread awareness about all the legislation that's going around advancing the cause of provider status in Ohio. And that's something I've really enjoyed. So Dr. Cole, I know that the uh, Center for Innovation has only been around for just a few years. A lot's going on right now with it, though. Uh, Do you possibly see the center becoming maybe a source of income for the School of Pharmacy in the near future? Well, that could potentially happen. And honestly, I would love to see it happen. But more than anything, we want the center to provide students and pharmacists for opportunities to learn the importance of innovation and entrepreneurship. If the center fosters a host of young pharmacists with an eye for improvement and the skill set to make it happen, I think we'll consider the the center a success, as we've mentioned before. Um, But I will say that If we were to generate new student employment opportunities or funding sources into the center that would further the um, projects that we are looking to to implement and to, to develop, that would be a great thing. So what kind of exciting partnerships does the center already have, like the one with OPA or something like that? And what are some projects that we're developing with possibly new partners or ones that we already have? Yeah, so you guys have already mentioned well that one of our major partnerships is with the Ohio Pharmacists Association. We are working with both OPA and the Ohio Pharmacist Foundation's Entrepreneurship Center to support their ongoing efforts of helping pharmacists to advance practice throughout the state of Ohio. Um, You've already heard as well that we have a partnership with a local company that's developed a novel solution for pharmaceutical compounding. 
And we also have a number of other current projects that we are working on. Um, One of them is we've developed a tool that's based on the idea of motivational interviewing. And we're evaluating whether that tool is useful for changing vaccination rates in children. This tool is really a communication tool that providers, um, including pharmacists, can use when they communicate with families. Um, We've also had an entrepreneurship training um, certificate program for students as well that many students have participated in. Um, So these are some of the current projects. We have a number that um, that we're also working on. So you mentioned, uh, aside from just our current projects, as well as some other things that we're hoping to uh, basically continue innovating with, with some partners as well as uh, faculty here at the school. Uh, So what are some other projects, maybe opportunities here at the university or outside of it that you'd like to see the center expand to, uh, maybe partnering with in the future? Yeah, I think growing our collaborators is a a big part of the success of the center moving forward. Uh, So one partnership I'd really like to see us continue to um, foster is with the Beyond Startup Accelerator here at Cedarville University. They have quite a Um, number of resources um, for a young accelerator program, including angel investors and a great network of people who can really speak into innovative solutions from the very beginning and walk them through to implementation. So I'm really excited to work um, further with the Beyond Startup Accelerator and see where that partnership goes here. I also specifically see us um, continuing to grow partnerships in the area of telehealth. COVID-19 has accelerated the use of telehealth um, all across the United States. And if I'm being honest, I think it's here to stay. So this is an area that we want to actually help companies look at the outcomes that are generated in relation to the use of technology to provide patient care. Um, As Luke has alluded to, I think technology innovation, specifically pharmacy informatics, is another place that's really ripe for us to contribute and to partner with others on. And lastly, I want to see us continue to expand our resources to support pharmacists on the front lines. How can we help them to further utilize their training to impact the lives of the patients they serve each day? So these are the types of projects I see us um, um, moving toward, and some strategic partnerships that I'd like to grow. So what other faculty are involved in the center's projects and what kind of areas are they are they innovating in? Yeah. So I'll highlight a couple here. First to start in the pharmaceutical sciences department. So these are our um, bench researchers who have completed PhD training and specific areas of expertise. So one of them is Dr. Tim Veenstra. We're blessed to have him here on faculty. One of the projects that we've connected him with is evaluating a natural product um, that grows all through tropical climates and using the, pr- the products from that particular plant to develop a natural mosquito repellent. Um, there's been a lot of interesting data coming out of a recent dengue fever outbreak showing that extracts from this particular plant have it, potentially insecticide properties and insect repellent properties. And so we are starting to explore what that might look like in hopes that this could be a very inexpensive, scalable solution for preventing mosquito-borne illnesses across the world. 
Um, we also have Dr. Rocco Rotello, who's also um, a, a scientist uh, on our faculty. He's working on developing new monoclonal antibodies for the treatment of various diseases. He's also partnered with a company to evaluate the health effects of a healthier energy drink. If you guys go to the supermarket or walk into a, a gas station and look at the ingredients on the energy drinks that are out there, you've got a lot of sugar and a lot of caffeine. Well, we think there are more natural ways to provide um, nutrition through through drinks that can be helpful. And Dr. Rotello is partnering with other faculty here on campus to explore those. And then another one I'll highlight is uh, Dr. Lita Chen. So she is a health outcomes expert that's on faculty here and, and serves as our assistant dean. She is um, researching the impact of motivational interviewing and a unique technology solution on chronic pain management. So looking at do the use of pain medications decrease when a particular communication style is used with with a patient? So these are a couple of our faculty members. I'm really grateful for the ways that they continue to um, to innovate and to research in their areas of expertise. So to finish out our podcast, I want to turn back to our student innovators. This is the first of what we hope will be many disrupt podcast episodes. So Matt and Luke, can you tell our listeners about some of the upcoming content that we have planned for the Disrupt podcast? Sure thing. So uh, among other things, either for the podcast as well as for uh, just the blog that'll be in connection to it, uh, one of the future uh, discussions we'll be having is in regards to a topic called nanomedicine. Nanomedicine is, um, while much while a much broader topic, uh, a, a basically what we're looking at is uh, interesting novel ways for um, natural phenomena or uh, tiny machines to basically uh, further drug development. So how can we make um, off-target effects go away? How can we make uh, drug delivery more efficient? How can we make things work more effectively for patient care? Uh, we have one of the professors coming from the Department of Science and Mathematics. He'll be uh, speaking with us as well as um, helping with some of our other written work for that. We have some other things going on as well. We have a local pharmacy here in town called Cedar Care. Cedar Care was started uh, in collaboration with the university and the school of pharmacy. And uh, while it is um, an independent pharmacy, it has uh, some very unique challenges right now with uh, the COVID-19 outbreak um, in regards to how do we, one, get paid for uh, any sort of this testing to go on because it costs money to procure these items as well as uh, how do we even get it? So one of the interesting things that's been going on um, since this outbreak did develop was many large organizations were kind of prioritized. Uh, and while that's wonderful, they have great abilities to go and affect the lives and the health of many people around them. Um, Oftentimes, smaller communities can sometimes be left behind. We've talked about how telehealth can impact that sort of thing, but I can't determine over the phone uh, by sticking a nasal swab through my microphone whether or not someone actually is sick or not. Uh, so we have um, one of our faculty and pharmacists. Uh, he'll be sharing some of the information that they have, most up-to-date as well. Uh, we're also continuing still to partner with as, as we mentioned earlier, the Ohio Pharmacist Association, or OPA, um, they have 
a number of different legislative actions that they're hoping to uh, continue working on. Any little thing that they have opportunity to work on, they basically send our way to help partner with. And while that's uh, plenty of different things, uh, we have already mentioned we're focusing a lot on how do we how do we really take advantage of provider status with that. Luke mentioned that earlier, um, but also in specific ways, how do we continue to um, help support local health, community health? Um, how can we do that with smoking cessation or um, right now when we're concerned with a respiratory disease? How can we make sure that uh, people with COPD, people with asthma are continuing to be advocated for and continuing to have the opportunity to stay healthy? So some of the things that I've been working on for Disrupt that I'm looking forward to getting to getting to hear about, we're going to be talking with a pharmacist about pharmacogenomics, which has to do with kind of analyzing an individual patient's genetic makeup. And um, when it when you talk about your DNA, that those traits um, may manifest themselves in um, distinguishable um, um, traits such as hair color, height, that kind of thing. We all know that that's genetic, but this is specifically focusing on how your DNA will affect um, your resistance or susceptibility susceptibility to um, certain medications. So this will be um, kind of exploring how certain medications work better for certain people and kind of how it, we can use pharmacogenomics to provide a more individualized approach to patient care. Great. Well, Matt and Luke, thank you so much for joining us on this first uh, podcast episode. You've been listening to Disrupt, the podcast from the Cedarville University Center for Pharmacy Innovation. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to and share this podcast on social media. For more information on the Cedarville University School of Pharmacy and the Center for Pharmacy Innovation, visit cedarville.edu forward slash pharmacy. Thanks for listening.